everyone, this is Hannah Overview, and we want to welcome you to the ninth episode of the Raise Your Standards podcast. So this week, we're going to be talking a little bit more about fear because it is October and spooky season. Um, and slightly spooky to me is Autumn planned this whole episode, and she's going to be sitting in the driver's seat and like steering our conversation and our questions. Um, so I'm along for the ride and ready to be surprised just like you all are. So Autumn, what do you have prepared for us today? Yes, Hannah. I mean, you've been so busy recently, and I know I have too, but I think just after last week, we addressed a lot of fears that we wanted to talk about, but we didn't necessarily tackle how do you actually overcome fears. And something I actually took up during quarantine was reading, and I know Hannah absolutely adores personal help books, so... Uh, just to clarify here, that is a lie. I love reading almost everything besides self-help books. I just... Yeah. They just, they, I don't know. I feel like there are more edifying ways to spend your time, but that's just, I digress. Autumn also loves self-help books. Yeah, whatever. Okay, but yeah, self-help books, cool, great. But let's just clarify, these are not self-help books. It is actually books on leadership that I was reading. There were some self-help books in there too, I'm not gonna lie. Anywho, so... One of the authors that I really enjoyed and actually was recommended by my pastor at church and some other uh, phenomenal leadership individuals was a guy named John Maxwell. So if you haven't heard of him, he is an author, speaker, pastor, and has done a lot of work on leadership. And he is actually a mentor to uh, the CEO of Delta and then Rachel Hollis, who is a motivational speaker. Autumn loves and just, Rachel Hollis. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love Rachel Hollis. Until she got divorced, though. It was just so sad to see her. I mean, I still like her, to clarify. But I think it's just sad. I was like, no, heartbroken. But yeah, that was probably the saddest breakup of COVID. Not going to lie. I, I, I literally, <laughs> I can't comment on this. I was just... It, if you don't get invested in self-help book authors, then you will not get invested in their breakups, but I I digress. Yep. Okay. Anyways, so John Maxwell, great guy. Anyways, he is identified as the most popular leadership expert in the world, people, the world by Inc. Magazine, and that was in 2014. So he's a cool guy and he's definitely reputable. And I figured, hey, why don't we share his advice rather than Hannah and I's advice this week, but we'll probably speak to our own experience too. But just to outline, so we're going to be covering, he has nine steps to overcome fear. And he has a lot of different books that focus on like 15 ways to become a better leader, blah, blah, blah. But nine steps to overcome fear. So we're going to work through those. But before we do, Hannah, any other comments? No, I'm I'm like just as excited to hear these as our audiences. So let's get to it. <laughs> okay, so... Number uno, number one. So discover the foundation of fear. So what does that mean? So fear is not actually based on fact. And I was doing some prior research just to get a little bit more information about what this actually means. So a study from Penn State looked at 29 people with generalized anxiety disorder. And over those 10 days, the 29 people wrote down their worries. And then 20 days later, they checked to see if those worries actually became true. So I don't know how many, what percentage of people do you think their fear actually came true, Hannah? Just off the top of your head. Probably like 5% or less. Okay. 
you definitely did way less than I would have thought. Anyways, that's... Wait, what did you think? <laughs> I don't know. I When I was thinking about this, I was just like, I don't know. I feel like my fears are very realistic, but... What's the, what's the real answer here? It's 9%. Oh, so you're very well, that's close. not bad. Yeah, you're very close. So 9% of fears actually came true. So, I mean, some of our fears are like, well, one day someone's going to die or whatever, like as sad as that is, that that is true and that is real fear. But a lot of our fears that we worry about are like, what if I don't get into the college of my dreams? Like, then I'm going to have a horror. It's my fear. Experience. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's such a realistic fear for so many people. But I think we make up these stories in our head of like, oh, I'm scared. And this is going to cause me to like, if I don't get into my dream school, that means I'm going to have a bad experience. And we relate the two. Actually, wait, speaking of that, I like literally this exact same fear. I thought I literally this last night, this is relevant. I thought about that exactly like, oh, like if I don't get like, what if I don't get into the grad school I want to? And then do you know what the next thought that came to mind was? It was, oh, well, whatever school you get into, you're just going to convince yourself it's the best program anyway. So you need to not like, don't worry about it. I was like, wow, that's like a really nice reappraisal. Um, And then I went on with my life. Anna, I love you. <laughs> I was just really excited that that's like the next thought that came into my mind. I'm like, yeah, you know, that's right. I am going to the best school because as soon as I get in, I'm going to decide it's the best. This is why I keep you around for many reasons, but this is one of them. We are just like so different when handling what, stress and what fear. What would you have thought? <laughs> I don't know. My old self. Okay. I've, I've been better recently, but I think in the past I'd be like, oh my gosh, what if I don't get in? Like everything's going to talk bubble. And I go to the worst case scenario, which is so bad and so tiring. And, or I just like think the worst. And it's like, I've tried to teach myself and actually John Maxwell has been super helpful in this and having to rethink my thoughts, but just realizing that we can't control everything too. And we have to base things on reality and go from there. So that's been something that's been really good. But the second point would be admitting your fears. So knowing what those fears are and Mark Twain, we'll throw in a quote from Mark Twain. So courage is the resistance to fear. Do you like fear. Mark Twain? I like quotes, Hannah. <laughs> I said I like Mark Twain. I'm not mad at I'm like, he's a great author. Yeah. Okay. So you approve of Mark Twain. Good. Anyways, mid quote, I was saying, courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not absence of fear. So basically by admitting, admitting our fears, then we can then challenge if it's accurate. to so what I was saying before, like, are these fears actually true? And what am I, if, if what I'm saying makes sense. So if you're saying all these things in your head, would you actually tell your friend these things? Or are you thinking the way a friend would treat you? And kind of, yeah, thinking through your fears in a logical way. And then third would be accept the frail, frailty of life. Yes, that makes sense. Accept the frailty of life. Except yeah, the frailty and brevity of life. Yes. Life Thanks, is Anna. fragile and short, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So anyways, basically what that means is so having our fears, actually, they are realistic. So what I was saying before, of like someone might actually die that is a loved one, but we know that that's part of life and being able to accept that that will happen and that that is out of our control then we let go and let God, as I like to say, but let go and just kind of know and work off things that are factual. 
Okay. So I've just glanced over this list and I'm now, I know I said to everyone, I'm letting Autumn take over this podcast, but that's lasted all of 10 minutes. So I did a really good job today, guys. (laughs) Um, Okay. So Autumn, I have some questions for you based off of this list because going over this, like a lot of it is sort of like saying the same thing or coming to the same conclusion in many different ways. It's essentially saying fears exist. Sometimes they happen. Sometimes they don't. You need to just get over it and focus on what you can control. And that's said in a lot of different ways on this list. It says, focus on what you can control is number six. Focus on today, which is like what you can do today. Put some wins under your belt, which is like, oh, like you can focus on the fact that like you have one. Um, so control the controllables and like focus on good things, not bad things, right? cool, but like, what's the point of all of this? Like we can say that day, like, you know, I can tell that to you like, oh, this is how you can overcome fear. But like, do you actually do all of this stuff once you read it? I think for me, like one of the biggest things that I've had to recognize, so I was actually going to go through this, but then I couldn't find the exact exercise I did, but I attended a virtual conference with John Maxwell and then Rachel Hollis and some other people. But one of the things that they talked about on there was an avocado. So you have the skin of the avocado, you have the actual avocado part. I don't know what you call that. And then you have the pit of the avocado. Well, in the tiny little pit, like one little small percentage makes up your actual fears that will happen. And so we had to do this exercise and diagram out of like everything that's in the outer shell of the avocado. What's, what are things like in the green part? I would say, what are those things that like could happen, but like most likely won't happen. And then what's in the pit of like, what is potentially going to actually happen. So I think for me, as someone who struggles with anxiety, it was super beneficial to actually sit down and go through that exercise and recognize like, hey, not everything that I'm worried about and consuming my time with is going to happen. So I think for maybe like every person ever, like, yeah, maybe these things are like, oh, it's just like fluff. But for me, I've actually seen it in terms of like, I don't want to say cure my anxiety, but when I do get anxious, it helps me to think through situations. Well, that's really good. I'm like actually glad that you do get a lot of like stuff out of this. And I always enjoy talking with you because it does give me like a different perspective on life. Um, It's also just funny about like when we both choose to attend conferences, the different types of things we decide to attend conferences for. Yeah. Well, what would you do? So I don't even remember. I think it was like the conference was about courage and fear and being able to conquer that just because I think COVID has especially brought out a lot of fears in people, whether they're make sense or not, but that was what the conference was focused on and how to deal with that. But I guess, I don't know, what would you attend for a virtual conference, Hannah? I mean, we were literally just talking about how I'm like crashing a cybersecurity conference this week. Not crashing. Stanford's allowing everybody who's like works at Stanford to go, but I'm just really, really enjoying it. Um, Okay. I think the other ones are some really good questions though. So I have a question for you, but first 
the fourth one would be accept the fear and price of progress. So doing anything of value means that we will have to take a risk. And so Hannah, I'm going to throw a question to you. What is something that you had to take a risk for and how did the risk pay off? I mean, I think that always depends on what you mean by risk. Cause like anything you do in life, you sort of have like a weighted risk to it, be like a small or a large weighted risk. And as we were talking about earlier, I think lots of people overestimate the risk of doing things in their life. Um, so there's not like one thing I can think of that I'm like, wow, like this is a big like risk for me to do it just because I it's just a weird mindset for me because I never think, oh, like this is a risky move or this is risky business. I'm always like, like I have a pretty stable mindset of like, I think things are going to work out pretty well. Um, the closest I can think of is when I moved to California being like, hey, I have to make a whole new set of friends. Like there's always a risk that like, you're not going to make friends, but coming here, like, but there's also too, like that risk of like so many of my friends moved from my hometown after college. So like there's a risk that I wasn't going to make new friends there. So it's sort of like the same either way. Um, yeah, I would say probably the same was with California for me. Otherwise, a big one, I think too, I can think of off the top of my head was when I transferred from UW South to the U of M and having to pay for school and not necessarily knowing what the benefit was at the time. But um, I mean, I applied for a ton of scholarships and luckily got some, but I think there is a risk of like, am I making the right decision by transferring schools and kind of going back to our school fears earlier? But yeah, but I think like, it's just something that, yeah. Go ahead. Here's, here's what I understand when you say like, oh, like there's a risk transferring schools. Like what's the risk? What's going to happen if you transfer schools? Well, in my mind, you want to hear it? of like what would be going on in my brain so basically my thoughts were like okay if I transfer schools like am I going to have to find a new job well how do I find a new job where might I end up working or it was if I'm transferring am I going to not be as good of friends with the friends I made at school are they going to like me less or blah 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 like all these things or what if I get to the U and the classes are harder and I don't end up doing good and made a mistake or that sort of thing. And I think in the mind of someone who does like struggle with anxiety, like I was saying, it's just constantly thinking this way from like, it's not a good space. I mean, it's obviously kind of negative, but I think just there's so many unknowns and having to be okay with the unknown. I can think of as a song from Frozen too, but like, into the un- in the into the unknown song. I'm like not gonna try to sing that. Valteria's sing Hannah. Dude, she did like eleven an eleventh jump there. It was like an eighth, I think, or like an eighth, a tenth, and an eleventh or something. It was insane. Yeah, like that. I don't know. Going going into the unknown, like I don't I don't know. Maybe I just like live my life from a place of security. So it's really hard for me to like think about. I think risk. you do. Cool. Yeah, I definitely think you do. I think we're very different in that way, which is good. So I keep you around. Like I said, you help me think through things in a log- more logical way than what my brain likes to go to. So we well, appreciate see, like, all, that. All of your, like when you're talking about risk such then you 
to me, I wasn't hearing risk. I was just like hearing you talk through like the logical steps. I was like, oh, well, if I transfer universities, I'm going to have to get a new job. Okay, that's something I just like have to do. Like, how do I do that? Or I'm going to have to keep up with these friends and maybe we're not going to be as close and that's okay. So like, how do I, you know, keep up with these friends while also making new friends? It more sounded in my mind when you were talking about it, like an action plan as opposed to like, oh, this is risky. Cause it's like, yeah, like, of course, if you move, these things are going to happen. So like, how do you fix it and then move on? That would be a good way to think through it. Yes. <laughs> That's what I heard you were thinking. I don't know how you thought you were thinking it, but. I mean, not like that, but it's good that you see it in that way. But I don't know. I think one of the things too, of like going into a scary situation, we will transition well into number five, but basically having something that overcomes that fear. So like a good example of this for me would be skydiving. Like I know the experience and feeling that I get after I'm done skydiving and the views that I got to see, Hannah, um, were so much better than the little bit of fear that I might've experienced before that. Okay. Actually that is, okay. So speaking of, um, like how, what did you just say? Like develop something like it is a what point are you on desire. Develop a desire that overcomes fear. Okay. So speaking of fear and developing things that like help you overcome fear. I also, every single time I move somewhere new or I'm going into a new situation where I know absolutely no one, I have this trick that helps me do it where like, say I'm driving up to a new building or like walking into a new church and I'm so nervous. I'm like, what are they going to think? What if I don't find the address? What I'm, t- if I'm too late, what if I'm too early, all those stuff. I just always calm myself down and think, you know, Remember this time right now because it's such a special time when you are nervous and you don't know what you're doing because you're going to be doing this every single week for like a month and the fifth time you do it, you're going to just do it like no big deal. Um, And that always like motivates me because I'm like, wow, like as opposed to thinking that I wish I wasn't in this situation, I wish I'm home, I'm like really treasuring those moments of being nervous and like getting to go meet new people and do new things. I really like that. Honestly, um, one of the things I have kind of lived my life by recently, and it doesn't happen every day, I know we've talked about it, was like do something that scares you every day. And although that might not be like terrifying or something, but it's some like having that gut feeling of whether they be butterflies or a little bit of nervousness, like usually that transitions into something that's worth your while. And so I was thinking too with dating, for example, of like having those butterflies on the first day and not knowing like, oh, where's the person at like going to be when I walk in or what if our conversation doesn't go well or whatever. Like, let me tell you, your girl has been on some bad dates. And although that feeling like just right away, it was kind of like, oh, it was, I had those feelings of butterflies and then the date didn't even go like super well. Like I still learned something. And so ultimately what you're saying is like, being able to kind of appreciate that like slight nervousness or butterflies and knowing that I don't know that it could be worth it just reappraise it as being excited and like wow I don't get to be this excited every single day Ooh, I like that that's good Hannah um and then six would be what I was saying earlier but focus on what you can control and some pointy had mentioned was just like being able to control your attitude and not other people's actions which I think that has been something that's helped me shape my thought process of like, I have another day of life to live. Like I am happy to be here. I'm happy that I'm alive and get to be with my friends and family and knowing that, you know, maybe someone's like passive aggressive email at work or whatever. Like I'm not going to let that ruin my happy mood. So 
that's something I've definitely tried to focus on. But Hannah, do you have any comments towards that? No, nah, good. <laughs> I said I'm letting. I'm trying to let you steer. I'm gonna see how this goes. Yeah, we know that doesn't last long. Anyways, okay. So then, what Hannah was saying before of like focusing on today is it is kind of similar, but knowing that you have 24 hours in a day and being able to tackle different things in a way that um, we can prioritize and just focus on things that are realistic or things that in front of us. And I think when I was really struggling with anxiety, I was so worried about the future rather than like living in the moment. And I think that's just so, so important to be able to live in the moment. Something I've been praying about more. And I know, yeah, COVID isn't like, I think that's been easy to be like, oh, when we're out of COVID, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you're going to look back on this time and what did you accomplish? Like, what did you do with it? And so I guess something I would really encourage you all is to make sure that you have at least, I don't know, three things on your list after COVID of like, what are things you want to accomplish during this time? You still have time left in the year. So get after it. (laughs) And like not even accomplishments too, but I was talking to one of my friends yesterday and she gave just this really excellent piece of advice that she's saying like, no matter where you're living and no matter for how long, just like pour yourself into that as much as you can, as if like this is going to be your forever. So if you have opportunities, like say during COVID that it's like, oh, like maybe I don't get to see a ton of people, but like get invested in the people you can see as much as though this was going to go on for five, 10, 20 years. Um, and like same appliance, like if you're living somewhere for six months, like get as invested there and like make friends as though you're going to know these friends for the next 20 years. Um, and I just think that that was such sweet and such a good advice where it is really saying like live a life without fear where you can like let yourself, like let other people into your life and let yourself into other people's life. I love that. That's really good advice. And being able to know that, I don't know, just I've most recently just been like a huge proponent of like live every day like it's your last. And I think that kind of goes along with what you're saying of just like really intentionally living every day and doing the things now that you've like, don't keep talking about what you're going to do, like go out there and accomplish them. And I think that goes with eight and nine of just like, eight being get some wins under your belt do the things that might scare you or that you might not want to do at first but knowing that you will overcome them and you'll learn something along the way so being able to do it now and realize what you can control and get after it okay so I want to sort of steer this conversation in a slightly different direction now just because we've all like so many of this like control what you can control and like you know you've been saying like accomplish your goals or whatever But I think on some level, like what might be more important and more key than like accomplishing what you can accomplish and controlling what you can control is like being who you can be, if that makes sense. Like change it. Like how can we not just accomplish things, but like become better people and better humans and like get better at opposed to having these fearful thoughts, like having thoughts where as soon as something fearful come up, you like immediately counteract it. Like, how do you control your mind as opposed to just saying, oh, like, I'm going to fall back on all of my actions. But like, at the end of the day, no matter how much stuff you accomplish, like your actions aren't going to protect you against anything. You can't be like, oh, like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I have five trophies. You want to be like, I'm fine because I like, just because you know who you are, right? 
Yeah. I think for me too, I'm someone who's an achiever and I definitely used to be that way of like, oh, I need to like list out all these compliment accomplishments and, you know, all conference or blah, 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 like all these different accomplishments from high school or honors. But knowing that at the end of the day, what really matters is being able to be there for others and pour into others, like you were saying earlier. So I think for me, when I get stressed out, something that I've been focusing on is like, am I loving people like Jesus loved people? Like, am I, am I doing that? Am I showing up for others? Because ultimately like that's what matters. And so that kind of lets all the fluff go to the side. So I really like that, what you're saying. Also speaking of what you just said and sort of um, what we're talking about too, there's a song that I've just been listening to like on repeat. Um, and sometimes I get really into like worship songs and it's called There is a King from Elevation Worship. And one of the lines that I've just been really like meditating and thinking about recently has been, um, it says, you know, like all our burdens will be lifted in his presence. And then the next line is all of our trophies will be laid down at his feet. And that line about all of our trophies being laid down at his feet, like it's just gotten me to think like, yeah, like no matter what I accomplish or what I don't accomplish, like that is ultimately not going to matter. Um, And I think especially, you know, as Enneagram threes, like trying to say it's okay to not accomplish things and like real, like putting accomplishments in their place of saying like, these are great and I'm going to go after them and I'm going to be competitive. I'm going to be competent. I'm going to be all of these things, but like above all of that, just realizing that like that does not determine your worth is what you're doing. Um, and you know, better indicators of like, if you're doing a good job in life is, are you kind? Are you generous? Um, are you whatever? Yes, Hannah. I needed that. That's good. And that's actually something I catch myself doing or I've noticed other people say it's just like, wow, you like do so much or like want to accomplish so much. Like, why is that? Or I know we've talked about this too in the past. And one of my friends as well is just like, that definitely stresses her out a lot. But I think it's so important to just know of like, are you showing up for yourself? Are you showing up for others and being a genuine friend and family member and not letting other quote unquote like accomplishments get in the way of that um is something I think definitely to remember and also doing the 75 hard I found myself just recently being like oh I mean I'm on like day 52 or 53 and it's fine right now but had I had a family or other people that I would need to show up for like I wouldn't be doing this but it's also just reflected on me of like okay it's been a good experience but it's also just like not like doing this and finishing it it's not going to be like wow I'm like so glad that I'm like more fit or whatever it's like I've learned how I need to show up for people in ways that I might not have been before I'm going to leave that a little mysterious but yeah spooky (laughs) but yeah so anyways Anything else with fears, Hannah? Otherwise, fun question time. No fun question time, but it's your fun question time. Oh boy. Okay. Um, ooh, now I have to think. Can I first just say it is like so freaking snowy here right now in Minnesota? There's like five inches of snow on the ground. It I'm is so jealous. Absolutely ridiculous. Autumn has been telling me for months. She's like, Minnesota is so nice. Like 
it's so cold or whatever. And then like, it's been like 90 degrees here. I miss the snow. Dang. Okay. Let's see. I feel like we should do a good Halloween question. Ooh, I like this. Okay. So what has been your favorite Halloween costume that either you have done or someone else has done? Okay, this is so funny because I think today I'm literally just like in my mind, I'm like, I'm not having any of this. Um, and it's it's just because I I don't honestly do not like Halloween. Like, okay, that's not entirely true. I like like when you're kids and you go on your trick or treat and like you go get candy and it's really fun. But like as an adult, like I'm not a fan of almost any Halloween movies. I'm like, eh, like whatever. Like I don't like anything spooky. So even like, even like I was watching like literally Halloween town the other day. I'm like, mm, like some of this is like, I know this sounds Love ridiculous. I was like, mm, I'd never seen it before. Maybe maybe watch. And I was like, what? Mm, okay. Like some of this, like, I just don't like the concept of like this being spooky. So I'm like, mm, okay, let's not do that. Um, so I'm not a fan of Halloween movies. And then I also like hate dressing up in costumes. Like no part of me enjoys it. I just, like there's never been a costume of mine or like of someone else. I'm like, dang, like this is, this is the costume. Um, so yeah. as opposed to answering your question and being like, wow, Halloween costume. So fun. I, I just, I would replace Halloween with like a second Christmas. Two Christmases. Oh gosh. Okay. Well, can we just say that last year, I feel like that's when we actually became friends is when I invited you to a Halloween party. Do you remember that? No, I do remember. The Halloween party was really fun. But fun. like, I remember literally like not having a costume. So I found- Yeah, you're a frat boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I didn't have a costume. I had like a baseball hat. I had a Hawaiian shirt that I bought to match my dad when we went to Hawaii. I had like Bermuda shorts and Birkenstocks and a hat that I put on backwards and a lay. I had a lay from, um, we did like a Hawaiian theme night at one of our volleyball games in college. So I'm like, oh, I kept the lay. So yeah, it was and you can see this picture of Hannah and I on our Raise Our Standards Instagram. So early plug for that. Autumn's but one I was like really, really cute. She's a travel bug because yeah. she had, was had like an outfit with um, places on it. It was like a map and then she had like bug antennas. Um, yeah, that's probably my favorite costume. And do you want to know what I'm going to be this year? Yeah, you're not. What if I just said so no? Bad. What if I was like, I don't yeah. care? <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm going to be a Google map because Google duh, and then because I'm good at directions. Is it the same and dress? I was thinking of maybe using the top from it and then adding some like yellow tape to do like the roads and then having the little like it's the red dot. Did you get they... a new glare hat? Um, I should use that. But yeah, that no, would be what you can use. That here. would be funny. Not Minnesota. For those of you <laughs> who don't know, when Google hires new people, or when they give like have interns, they have these hats that have like you know the hats with like the um propeller on the top that you yep. can spin. They give them to their new employees and to their interns, and it's just like the dorkiest thing. It's yeah. really cute. Exactly. But yeah, no, I feel like that wouldn't work for the costume though. But that could be its own costume doing a nuclear. But anywho, so that's what I'm going to be this year. So. Okay, well, if not Halloween, then another fun question would be, what is your favorite holiday and why? 
Okay. So my favorite holiday. So I have lots of different favorite holidays for different reasons. Um, I love most holidays. Like, honestly, I'm the biggest, like 4th of July, like Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, like Valentine's day. I love birthdays. Um, anything like that besides Halloween, honestly, like I love, uh, but I think one of my favorite holidays is, and I don't know if this is genuinely my favorite, favorite, but just one I always have really good memories from is Thanksgiving. Um, and the reason for that is, so my dad's a professor and he, at least for the past few years, I mean, like probably a few years before this, will always invite all of his grad students over and anyone we can find who, um, they tend to be international students or like who just can't go home for Thanksgiving. And we make all these people like a big Thanksgiving meal. And for some of them, it's their first Thanksgiving in the U.S. So like, here's what a big American Thanksgiving is. Um, and we just have them over and have a really good time and play games and do all these other things. And I love it because it's like spreading all of the things that we've been blessed with, you know, for Thanksgiving, like you're celebrating being blessed. And we're saying like, hey, like we've been blessed. So we want to bless you. Um, And my mom will cook everything. And me and my dad will not cook anything, but we will try to help our mom best we can. And my brother cooks pies. uh, And it's really, really fun and just like wholesome and good. And I'll wind up playing with like kids that come over for it. Uh, I I literally like, I love it. Like when I get married or like literally if I'm anywhere for Thanksgiving, that's not with my family, which I hope never happens. But if it does, like I want to just have as many people as I can over at my house and share it with them. Cute. I love Thanksgiving. It's actually between, okay, I can never decide. Thanksgiving, St. Patrick's Day, or 4th of July. It really depends. And I don't know which one's my favorite, but Whatever happened to you on Christmas to make that be your list? No, I love Christmas. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like everyone loves Christmas. And I always feel like Thanksgiving is more exciting for me than Christmas was. Really? I don't know why. Yeah. It's so strange, but I think I really like Black Friday shopping too. So that just kind of rolled into Thanksgiving, but I don't know. Yeah, I love Thanksgiving. Um, And currently I am making a pumpkin pie from scratch. Not for Thanksgiving, but we'll do it as a test and maybe I'll make it for Thanksgiving if it works out well. But anyways, I think now we should wrap it up, Hannah. What do you think? Yeah, I think we should wrap it up. So Autumn, what are our takeaways? (laughs) So I think some of the ones we were talking about would just be really spending time and identifying your fears, but recognizing that a majority of these actually won't happen. But in the event that they do, being able to control the controllables. So I know Hannah loved that, but I would say that's something I've worked on is just knowing what is in my control and working um, towards a place of like positivity and not from a place of fear. And then I would also say knowing that to take action and doing something that might be intimidating at first, or as Hannah said, it is an exciting thing and really not valuing intimidating, that. It's exciting. Yeah. Enjoy so the excitement. Enjoy the excitement would be the second one. And then I think the last one would be knowing the accomplishments doesn't equal happiness and it doesn't mean like you're a better person for it I mean definitely be competitive get the best job ever do it but know that at the end of the day just really showing up for yourself your family and then your community and friends those around you that's what matters and that's what makes up life and I think just with that one last note would be during COVID season that's been something I've had to focus on and knowing that I do really love my family and friends and 
ultimately spending time with them has been super beneficial and I've really liked it and enjoyed it and feel grateful. So with that, we will conclude, but if you like this podcast, feel free to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Raise Your Standards Podcast. Yes. And then if you also want to follow Hannah's personal account, boys, hit her up. I'm going to hype you up this week. It is Hannah underscore Overby. And then my personal Instagram is Autumn Odin. And yeah, we hope you had fun and learned a little bit about how to raise your standards. <laughs>